All right, guys. Hope you uh, hope you guys are going to enjoy this episode. We think you will. Uh, in this episode, me and T Willie dive deep into the NBA. We break down the Western and Eastern Conference outlooks coming into uh, the 2021 season. About teams we feel like have a great chance to make it through, and teams that we feel like are going to suffer some regression. Uh, after this, we get into some baseball banter. We run through the uh, NL and we give our predictions for each division, uh, teams to watch, teams that we think uh, could be interesting moving forward. We touch a little bit on some of the free agent and trade prospects that are out there. And we dive into some discussion about the state of baseball and how we can improve the game and ultimately bring the game to more people and make it more interesting. So uh, we got a good one for you guys. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, hit us with your feedback. guys and welcome back we're here uh with rally caps on episode five uh last uh, last episode we dove heavy into uh college football and nfl today we're going to be hitting up some nba we got uh past two days the kickoff of the 2020-2021 nba season and we're going to dive into a little bit of our uh summary of last year's baseball season and some outlook some hot stove rumors um moving into the into the new season uh, thanks again for all the feedback. Keep hitting us up with that. We appreciate it. Uh, hit up the Twitter account. Topics that you really want to have us hit. Um, other than that, let's keep it rolling. T. Willie, how are we doing tonight? Pretty good. Let's uh, let's pop those rally camps on. I've gotten a couple friends who have told me they've been using the Bandito as they go into certain stores or places that they need to wear masks. So glad I can contribute there and help you guys with that one. Folks, um, that's the thing here. You're get, if you listen to Rally Caps on, you're gonna be you're gonna have the hottest sports takes. You're gonna be up to date on that. But we're also gonna keep you safe. You know, I yep. mean, life hack like, right there. Exactly, exactly. So credits to T Willie on that one. Yeah, um, T Willie, let's get it right off the jump with the NBA. Uh, obviously, one of the shortest off seasons. Not not one of the shortest off season we've ever seen. So there's a lot. I think there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding this season. Um, obviously, yeah, we're excited to have basketball back. What, uh, what's your immediate impression on the, on the new season? Uh, the, the word when you, or the guy that I think of immediately when you say uncertainty for me is James Harden, uh, just, just came out that he just got fined $50,000 for, uh, apparently he was at an unknown location at a party, uh, supporting some girl who started a business from what I read. I, I mean, uh, it just seems like he's just throwing some shit and see if it sticks anywhere. You know, he's just like, whatever, I I'll, I'll I can just make something up and nothing's going to happen to me. It, they, it, I saw in the article, they didn't even suspend him. They uh, like did the, did the Rockets have some kind of deal like to where they're just like, Hey, like just don't suspend him and let him keep playing. So as soon as he like is back playing, can we get some more trade value for him? Cause it, it seems like that, that is such like the, the worst fit. It's like that, couple that you see that you you know that they're just like it, it's it's hanging on by a thread and it, it just man it's it's tough to watch sometimes these guys you could harden's throwing balls at his teammates i mean it's the first time he's passed it in years like it's <laughs> it's ridiculous it's uh just and he's not even waiting until they're looking at him you know it's 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 bizarre but it's um, ugly. 
it's an ugly situation in Houston. And for James Harden, I think the move here is not to play it the way you're playing it. The move is to get on the court, prove some value, let the teams negotiate to be able to trade you and move you. Right. Um, you got to let them know that they they're missing. They need they need you for some reason. And for sure. so th- this it's a bad situation in Houston. And and honestly, this is as a as someone who's a huge fan of the NBA. I hate to see this because this is going to lead to a whole bunch of people pointing to the player empowerment. And James Harden has two more years under his contract. And now he's trying to force his way out. And you know what? They're right. I mean, I'm all about the players uh, dictating their career and, and choosing this. But the way to handle this. Uh, I'll give Kyrie Irving some credit here. He, they should have handled it the way he did when he was with the Cavs, when he went to management behind the scenes, told him he was looking for a trade and allowed them to operate in some anonymity because now Harden doing it in this manner has really put the Rockets behind the eight ball. And I think for me, if I'm the Rockets, especially under new ownership, he's under contract, man. I'm, I make him, you want to do this stuff, James? Let's do it, man. Let's do it. You're the one who's here. I mean, we'll keep we'll keep rolling with this. I, I don't think you cannot give in. If you're the Rockets ownership, you cannot give in to him and trade a top five player for less than uh, going value. So I think we're in for, I think this is going to get ugly. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better in Houston, for sure. Yeah, we're going to see more of these photos popping up for sure. Um, I've also noticed that I, I haven't, I mean, maybe I'm just not looking hard enough in the photos. He's not with any of his teammates. Is this like a Bo Callahan situation in draft day where like, yes, he's that super talented guy and, but everyone just secretly hates him. And like the, even the other players on teams are like, yeah, I don't think we really want this guy on our team. You know what I mean? Uh, just got to think the NBA right now, it's all about pairing superstars together. Right? So we've seen in Houston, we've seen Dwight Howard. We've seen CP three. We've seen Russell Westbrook. None of those things worked out. So, to are you me, pissed? I, are you pissed if you're John Wall right now? Hell yes, I'm pissed. Yeah. Hell yes. Um, honestly, though, for John Wall, he might be looking at this like, man, I'm about to get my own team. I'm gonna get crazy usage rate. So, I, I, I don't know. I think just to me, this is a situation where at some point, who's the common denominator? It's James Harden, man. So, like. I get it that Dwight Howard's kind of a malcontent. I get it that CP3 is tough on teammates. I get it that Russell Westbrook likes to play really hard, blah, 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 whatever. But James Harden, man, this keeps happening to you. And if you're trying to win a championship, which ultimately the missing piece to your legacy is you have not been successful in the playoffs. So if he cares, which I don't know if he does, but if he cares about his legacy and truly cementing his place as one of the all-time greats, he needs to win. And to do that, he's going to need to play with another superstar. And at this point, if you're another superstar, I think you have to really question whether you want to play with him. Not to mention, James Harden hasn't even played basketball in like six years. He's played this weird form of just Harden ball. I mean, it doesn't even look like basketball. I'm not I'm not diminishing his accomplishments. He's tremendous. But again, if you're another superstar, you got to wonder – what, how do you walk that back? How do you all of a sudden go from saying, dude, it's cool for you to sit and dribble between your legs for 18 straight seconds to no, man, now you got to facilitate the offense and, and move the ball. I think, can he do that? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think that's something that if he got put into that situation, he would immediately just start reg- like diverting back to what he's doing right now in Houston and be like, oh shit, this is not, this is not what I want to do. I, I want to just dribble and shoot. That's all it is. I think that's a serious concern without a doubt. So, I mean, maybe uh, Houston, obviously, they've got some stuff to figure it out. Uh, Let's talk Western Conference. Um, It's not often you see a championship team get better 
Yeah. After they win the championship. And I think that's pretty clearly um, what the Lakers have done. What, what did you think about their offseason, T. Willie? I thought they did a great job. Um, I really like uh, Schroeder. He is he's one of those underrated guys that he, he's, a, he's a nag. You know, he, he bothers teams and uh, he, he's, he, he plays hard on both sides of the ball. He can shoot it a little bit. He can rebound really well. Uh, for for a little guy, and they who else did they get? They got another. They added, um, they added Montrez Harrell. They Montrez added, Harrell is a dude. Yep. They added Marcus at depth. They added Quinn Cook. Um, Wesley Matthews is on the roster, so they they added uh, along with Schroeder. So this roster is definitely better than it was last year. And you know, again, not to not to be a reductionist here, but they have Anthony Davis and they have LeBron James. So, yeah. It's always uh, nice to have the two best players in the league on your team. They're the best team in the NBA. I think if they stay healthy, um, I don't see anybody being able to defeat them in a playoff series. I think you're going to see this season be a real slog for them. I think they're not. I think there's even a good chance that they don't finish as the one seed in the West. Maybe not even in the top two, just because I think you're going to see heavy load management of Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And the fact of the matter is especially LeBron and now AD, they know they know what they need to do in the playoffs. So the, you're going to see them treat the regular season as a total dress rehearsal where they're just trying to get work on things, try new strategies, uh, and get tuned up. So I think don't get lulled into, uh, you know, obviously we saw them lose to the Clippers last night. My concern level is for that. I, I Zero, think they're the yeah. favorites and they have the path to the title. Um what uh so i guess moving down the list in the west uh the clippers you know we saw and honestly i don't think they took enough heat for this they took a lot of heat but i mean we saw a total choke job last year i mean it's yes. an absolutely epic choke job by the clippers giving up a 3-1 lead um to the nuggets and there was rumors of Kawhi leonard and is he kind of going the james harden route you know he's he's uh, missing walkthroughs. He's got commuting from San Diego. Uh, you saw P- Paul George. I don't know where Paul George went last year in the playoffs, but he was, he was not in the bubble. Cause yeah, that dude not on the court. Yep. Did not look like him. So um, what, what's your thoughts on the Clippers moving forward? Do you think they, they bounce back from that bit, a massive letdown or where, where do you see them at this year? I almost see them just repeating exactly what they did last year. Maybe not in the same fashion, but they, they I feel like they're going to find themselves one good role player short again. I do like that they got Ibaka in the offseason. I think he's a good player. Helps them a little bit, but when you lose Montrell, Montrezl Harrell, um, I, I mean, I think he's a little bit more physical than Serge, and you're going to – you're going to see that physical like, cause that was kind of what the Clippers were known for last year. Like they were that physical team. They were kind of the, um, I don't know, like, like with their Gothic uniforms too, you know, they got that, like just that feel yep. that they're going to kind of bully you around. And I don't know, maybe they're, they're a little more finesse team this year. It looks like, uh, I mean, Beverly is still going to be good. He's, he's going to like, he's going to wear people down at the point, but um, yeah, yeah. They, they're going to need, uh, either like Zubak to step up huge. Um, he's going to have to really like get in there and, and play. I would say he's got to play more minutes. He didn't play very many minutes last year, which if, if he's going to put up, no, I mean, he, he does good numbers when he's playing, but 
he's just not in there for very long. And yeah, it's it's tough when you when you've got a guy who you've, you've got to like you've got to restrict his minutes even in the playoff. You know, it it's I see the Clippers doing the same thing. They're they're close. You know, they're very close. But I just with the team chemistry and. Until playoff P actually proves us wrong, I feel like we can always just take this side and just be like, ah, no, it's it's not going to happen with with playoff P in there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so really for the for the Clippers this offseason, Serge Ibaka and then um, the addition of Luke Kennard were really their two, um, I guess, their two big moves. They added uh, Patrick Patterson for some depth. <laughs> Nicholas Batum is still, which, by the way, one of the worst uh, – one of the worst co- uh, contracts in NBA history. I feel kind of bad for him, but then I don't because yeah, I, I wouldn't feel too bad because he makes so much freaking money. So, um, yeah, I think with the Clippers, you know, we'll see. I mean, listen, you're not getting through the Lakers, and unless Paul George plays at the level he plays in the regular season in the playoffs, I, I really think it's that simple. You saw Kawhi. Kawhi wasn't the same Kawhi in that Nuggets series, but I also. I, uh, I'm, I'm still bullish on Kawhi. I think the physical, um, his health is always going to be a question and you worry about that, but I think he's, it seems like he's in a good place with understanding what he needs to do to maintain his health and keep his health. Uh, and he's shown it enough in the playoffs that I don't worry about him. I think, I think he can bring it. You can count on him in a big playoff series. I mean, he looked, he was money in that series against the Mavericks. Um, it, it comes down to Paul George. You need, Paul George, you have to be a bona fide number two in the playoffs for the Clippers to have a chance. And if he does that, I think they have a chance. And if he doesn't, we're going to be talking about the same the same stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I with the Clippers, I think it's going to be a wait and see approach. I, they're probably a team that I'm I am very uh, very much interested in seeing how they respond. Obviously, last night Paul George came out and had a monster game. He looked like he was pissed and uh, you know had had been listening to what a lot of the haters have had to say. So. I mean, that's good. I, I want to see, I, you know, last year, I, last summer when I found out Paul George and Kawhi Leonard were going to the Clippers, I literally woke up at seven in the morning, fired up to watch the Lakers and the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. And we didn't get to see that last year. Um, so I'm rooting for that this year, just because I think that would be, would be an awesome matchup, but we'll see with the Clippers, you know, coaching change, Ty Lue, um, maybe that works out better. I, I don't know. I think, I think we're just gonna have to wait and see. Yeah, and um, so now we got an interesting part here for like the three seed is kind of where it all it can come down to almost like five or six teams here. Yep. Um, who who you who you thinking for the three seed at the start of the year? Obviously, I mean the, the Nuggets are like power ranked the highest, but I mean they're I all it, within how many games? Like three? Yeah, I think it's got to be the Nuggets still for me. Uh, they have a good roster. I so I was not a true believer in Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray showed me a lot last year and really, I guess I would say changed my opinion of him. Um, T Will, how old do you think Jamal Murray is? Top of your head. 23. He's 23 years old. Nice job. Nailed so it. he's 23. So I mean, you have to expect that he's gonna have um progression. I mean, he should keep he should be continuing to improve, continuing to build upon his game and get better. Uh, he, and he's a big moment guy. He's a yeah, big moment sure. guy. He has, he's been through the, he's been tested in the, in the playoffs. So, so you gotta have confidence with that. And then with Jokic, I mean, if you guys haven't watched the Joker play, I mean, he's, he's the best passing big man in the history of NBA. I, I, I mean, I really, I really believe that he's a tremendous player. He's 25 years old. And then 
for the Nuggets, what the what the Nuggets have done really well, um, Tim Connolly, their GM, has put an emphasis on drafting upside and potential. So you've got guys on the roster now. Michael Porter Jr. was a consensus number one prospect prior to all the injuries. Yeah, uh, he's healthy. He's 22 years old. He has elite offensive uh, uh, size, athleticism, scoring ability. So what what is his step forward going to be? Uh, you know, obviously they did bull bull as well, who we'll see there's injury concerns there as well, but the upside, the upside is really high. And then RJ Hampton, RJ Hampton was at, at, at some point in time, the number one player in this past class, uh, draft class, he falls down into the, I think they picked him up in the twenties. Uh, when he went to Australia, he was considered the consensus number one prospect. So there's a ton of I mean, kudos to the Nuggets, right? This is if you're an NBA franchise, yeah. They're sneaking, market, they're sneaking these picks through here, dude. This is the this is the this is the blueprint, right? If you're an NBA yep. franchise and you're not signing free agents, this is the blueprint. You got to roll the dice on some high upside guys, and you got to hit on them. And they and they've hit with Jamal Murray and Jokic, and now they need um, if if Porter Jr. pops, you still have Paul Millsap there. Uh, you still have Gary Harris there. Nice pieces. Will Barton. Um, I. I, I Yep, yep, well-rounded exactly. player, and they, and they didn't have him last year in the playoff run. That's what people forget too. He was a he was a big um, Barton was a big contributor for them in the regular season, who they didn't have in the bubble. So, yeah, um, yeah I, 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 they're, they're the number three for me. And honestly, if the Clippers struggle or uh, falter a little bit, or if there's chemistry issues, I could, I could see the Nuggets easily moving past them. It's just going to come down to me for how. Much continues to uh improve and progress forward if he takes the next step then i think the nuggets are even my favorite to be the the two seed in the in the west Ooh, two seed so. okay i like that i like that i mean yeah i mean again we'll see we'll see the clippers i think the clippers can take it but if they falter at all i mean i don't think the gap is that big i i could see i could see it happening with the nuggets again it's when you're when you're looking at these things i guess what i how i try to look at it is who are the guys that I think need to make jumps or I expect to come back and how confident am I in that happening? And, and I think for the nuggets, I feel, I feel good about Jamal Murray making that step forward. I would say I feel less confident about Paul George all of a sudden becoming a good playoff player because he's, I mean, at this point, it's not a small track record of him honestly just sucking in the playoffs. Definitely. And, and, and also too, just, just to hit on for one thing for Paul George, um, I think mental health is something that we've all become way more aware of and just like, I guess, sensitive to over the past few years, but you should have a feel too, as an athlete, just from a competitive standpoint, uh, I'm not knocking Paul George for dealing with uh, depression in the bubble. I'm just saying if you're his teammate and he's giving a press conference that all the other teams are watching saying he's quote, not there. I mean, you can't like that from a competitive standpoint in terms of winning. I, I mean, can you picture Michael Jordan giving a press conference and telling other teams that he's mentally not there? Because Even Scotty saying it. I, I mean, that's something, you know, get get the help you need. Talk to the people you need to for sure. And, and I support you 100%. But just from a winning standpoint, I mean, probably probably don't give that one to the media. Yeah. So, um, yeah some that, things you got to keep in-house, you know. Yeah. Again, I mean, it, it just comes down to being a killer and having that. That's an advantage for sure. And I think that I think that was a window into Paul George and maybe just his lack of kill of killer instinct. Um, so after the Nuggets, you gets. I mean, you've got so we got Houston. So last year we finished Houston four, Oklahoma City five, 
Utah six, Dallas seven, Portland eight. So I see Oklahoma City obviously taking a massive step back, potentially out of the playoffs. Houston, yeah. it looks like it's going to take a massive step back, potentially out of the playoffs. So that leaves Jabs, Mavericks, Blazers, Grizzlies, Suns. Um, I think Pelicans. Jazz. Yep. Yep. Pelicans too. Um, so for me, okay. I like Dallas and Portland to move up that list significantly. Um, yep. Portland's going to get Nurkic healthy for the whole year. Um, they still have Dame Lillard, uh, CJ McCollum for sure. They made some, uh, they made some good moves in terms of free agent acquisitions and, and Nurkic is going to be big for them. They just, they have to figure out how to play a little bit better defense. Um, that, that, one. they can score it but they can't stop anyone so that's going to be a big a big thing for them um, yeah yeah their defense was a problem last year i i actually uh did pretty well on every single one of those overs in those games because that was that was nice that they just would just go and let a team score and then let dame come down and try to do the same thing so little betting tip for you guys especially when the blazers are playing another good point guard i mean dame lillard i love dame lillard if you uh if you guys follow me on Instagram, you saw I put him in my top five of active athletes just because I feel like he always rises to the occasion and plays his biggest games in the biggest games. Yep. Um, but the dude, the dude's super undersized. He's not, you know, if they were to, um, let's say, get a playoff matchup with Golden State and he's got to guard Steph, I mean, that's going to, Steph's going to be going off. That's good. That's yeah. going to be an issue. Hammer um, that over there. So, exactly exactly so that's a that's a free one maybe kick us back 10 percent of your guys winnings we'd appreciate that for that would be great um mavericks i am high on the mavericks i like the mavericks i have a few bets out with some co-workers on the mavericks uh luca is obviously getting a lot of press right now as a preseason mvp favorite um yeah is this the year yep if you look at what Luca did last year in the playoffs, he's 21, T. Willie. He's 21 years old. I mean, that's almost – that's damn near unprecedented. Unprecedented. In the history of NBA, having that amount of playoff success and doing playing the way he did at that age, uh, Jordan didn't do that. LeBron didn't do that. Um, so – I, I think you uh, – I, I love Luca, and I think Luca has a chance to be – he's got a chance to be a multiple-time MVP – uh, in terms of offseason acquisitions, they they so basically they swapped Seth Curry for Josh Richardson. So going to give him an athletic wing who can guard multiple positions. Uh, yeah. Doesn't necessarily need the ball in his hands. I, I I love that. I thought it was a great trade for them. Uh, and then uh, Porzingis, right? That's he's the, be the he's big the biggest key. question mark for sure. Question mark for them. Can Porzingis stay on the court? He's only twenty five still, but yeah. He's seven three, and he's got a long injury history. Uh, that's going to be tough, man. As as much as I would, I would love to see him healthy. I think if you are counting on Porzingis being healthy, you're being foolish. It's yeah, just, and you and you and I used to always joke about like when you when you just imagine an NBA player, especially a guy this big who's seven foot three. Like I, I'm honestly surprised that he doesn't like get hurt just walking down the street. You know, like yes, his yes. lower half is always in jeopardy. Like being that big, like those joints, it just, it's very hard for them to stay intact for, especially when you're trying to play uh, the, the level of basketball there's, that the Mavericks need to play. There's precedence for that too. I mean, guys over seven feet tall ha- with a history of lower body injury don't tend to bounce back well from that. So 
I think the upside for the Mavericks, I think the Mavericks, if they stay healthy and everything breaks right, this is a team that could make it to the Western Conference Finals. I truly believe that. They could yep. they could make a run to the finals. The odds of that happening, I'm going to put them at pretty low just based on the injury risk. So I, I like where they're at. If I'm if I'm the Mavericks front office, I'm actively looking to uh, acquire talent. And I'm, I'm trying to stick my nose into any potential superstars who yep. might be getting disgruntled. I'm making calls to everyone. I'm letting them know. Porzingis is available. Basically, anybody except for Luca's uh, available because I think if they can pair Luca with the right guy, you have a team. You have the bones of a championship roster. So, who is that right uh, guy for you? The first guy that comes to mind with Luca? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I love I love Porzingis if he if he could if he could stay healthy, but that that's an issue. I think so. Luca's weaknesses, right? You you want someone that's going to be able to play off the ball. And probably going to be going to be a big um, someone that's going to have a little bit of size and maybe be a defensive presence because that's where Luca's going to going to struggle a little bit. So I don't know. I don't know. Probably a a forward that that's going to have a, a good defensive presence and also be able to be a solid secondary score. I don't For know sure. who that might be, but I also think too. I think with Luca, he has such a diverse skill set, and because he's so big, I mean, people forget he's six seven two thirty, and he's playing the point. So I mean, he, he's he's a, a little bit smaller version of LeBron in the sense that he's a point forward. Yeah. Um, so I think you could, I think his skill set is so diverse that you could pair him with a lot of different players. Uh, I think his backcourt mate needs to be someone who is probably a good defender and can take the burden off him guarding other elite point guards, such as Steph Curry or um, Dame Lillard, thing, things like that in the playoffs for sure. Yeah, I, I think the first guy that came to mind for me, if the Warriors are willing to blow it all up, is Draymond. I think he would be a good guy that would kind of bring that physicalness to the Mavericks. Yeah. That, that they seem to me like a finesse team. I remember in they played the Lakers last year, right? In the in the um, was it first Clippers. round? Clippers. Clippers, yes, and they just got bullied by the Clippers. You know, the the yeah. Clippers would just get up in their faces, and yeah. the Mavs were kind of just backing down because they were like, we do not want any part of these guys um and i don't know how much that'll get them like wins and losses but the 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 mental side of it is is huge of having a physical guy that can that will step up and stand up for your your superstars like luca and he that's not who luca is you know he's he's the he's the finesse player who's going to win you the game not with his physicality but with his shooting and his passing and him being able to open the floor so well, you don't want you don't want Luca having. He needs someone to protect him. I think so. I'll push back a little bit. I do think that Luca showed you in that playoff series that he he. Uh, what do the kids say? He wants all the smoke. I, I believe that. Um, but again, you need people around him because if he's going to be the primary ball handler and scorer and all that thing, he also shouldn't be the guy fighting those fights, right? So right. honestly, uh, they need to get like one of the Morris brothers in there to just bang some bodies. And there we and go. Run rough people up a little bit uh harold too yeah exactly that, that those would be uh those would be good fits for them so you know upside's high but there's there's a lot of question marks there um and then you've got a lot of interesting teams past past them uh we we hit on it before but obviously people are really excited about phoenix we're expecting booker and Aiton to take a step forward they added cp3 they got jay crowder um i'm be a playoff team i'm not as high i don't think that they're finishing in the top five uh in the in the west but 
you know, they're, they're taking a step forward. The Kings are still intriguing the Pelicans. I don't think I'm as high on the Pelicans as, as other people. They've got a lot of nice talent there, but I, I'm interested to see how it fits into them winning games. Uh, the Warriors, what are the Warriors going to do still? I mean, it, it's, it's going to be interesting. We're going to, we're going to have to see how this shakes out for sure. There's gonna yeah, be I, th- I think the Warriors got to hang, hang back out in the balance for one more year. Um, and, uh, I heard as of recently they're shopping clay around uh if if they're actually gonna try to be going for it this year wow. um yeah it it doesn't seem like the move for me I, I when you when you imagine the warriors you you imagine clay and steph and that's what that's their formula that those were the two guys that they had that carried them into the into the finals for all those years in a row and yeah, there, there's no one that really compares to Clay when he's on the court. He's he is the best number two there is, and you don't. I don't know if if you're if you're really trying to go for it this year. I, I don't. I don't necessarily think they should, but if they are, I, I don't know who they even they would like start to trade for. Do you, it's not like they would want Harden there. That would that would make no sense. I, I don't think you, I don't think you can go for it. Unfortunately, just given the position of the Lakers and the injury to clay. So yeah, I, I mean, uh, we'll have to, we'll have to see what happens there for sure. Yeah. We, we've spent a lot of time here in the West. Let's go to the East where it's, it's a little more top heavy than what we're used to. Uh, we, we've got a, a bunch of good teams out East this year. We've got, uh, we've got Boston, we've got Milwaukee, we've got Miami, we've got, Brooklyn. Brooklyn is very, very good. We've got the Sixers. We st- we're still not sure about them, but one of those teams is going to come out of there. Who do you who do you see? Yeah, I think it's the Bucks. I, I think the Bucks are going to come out of the East. I liked what they did this offseason with the addition of Drew Holiday. I mean, basically, you swapped Eric Bledsoe, who no disrespect, to Eric Bledsoe, but he's been absolute trash in the playoffs pretty much his whole career. He's, he's literally – he's scared to play in the playoffs, man, and and that sucks. But you know what? That's the truth, and that's what you're seeing. And you can't have a you can't have a guard ball handler on the floor who's scared to shoot the ball in playoff situations. So they swapped him out for Drew Holiday, who's a big physical point guard um, who's going to be a really good defender for them and I think have no problem being the third option. I think Giannis and Chris Middleton are really good. Middleton struggled a lot in the playoffs last year. They're going to need – you know, uh, kind of in the way that uh, we said with Paul George, they're going to need Middleton to be Middleton in the playoffs. And if he doesn't, they won't win. If he does, I think they have a good chance. And then you're going to need to see adjustments from Budenholzer. Are they willing to play a different style of play and work on some different things in the in the regular season that will help them in the in the playoffs? So I like the Bucks. Uh, obviously, the Nets have two probably top ten players in the NBA with Kyrie and KD. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be a formidable matchup for sure yeah and that formula is working right now especially for the lakers you know like they got the two top 10 guys that well they got two like top three guys but brooklyn yeah with the two top 10 guys they they've got the formula that seems to be working right now in the nba the 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 very balanced teams i mean you're seeing like the i mean the let's go with the pacers and miami yes miami came out of it last year i i I believe that was just a great, like, specific run for Miami. I don't know if they do that again this year. I do, like, when I'm just looking at their roster, it is pretty, like, pretty balanced. One through nine, 
pretty much. They've got they've got some great players on that team. Um, but I, I think the formula is is what Brooklyn has. So the, the, they're they're going to be my pick. I, I do like Toronto as well. Toronto's always just a solid fundamental team. Uh, Van Fleet uh, is is fun to watch. You know, it's it's great to see a guy like him get his contract like that. It's uh, yeah. who else? Who else you seeing? You, you're still out on Philly, right? And then Boston yeah. potential. Yeah. So I like. I think uh, Milwaukee's my pick. Um, I don't see Toronto having enough to get through it. Uh, I love Miami. I don't see them having enough to get through the East again. I think you're going to get regression from Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero in the playoffs, Goran Dragic as well. I think you see Bam take a step forward, but ultimately it's not enough. Um, yeah, Philly, they're not winning play- playoffs with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. That pairing's not working. It's It doesn't work. Ben Simmons, you can't shoot. That's an issue. Uh, I like Boston to me, Boston, if I had to pick a team outside of Brooklyn and Milwaukee, I like Boston and it is almost entirely contingent upon the growth and expansion of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I believe that Jason Tatum is going to make a step forward to be a top five. I think he's going to finish top five in the MVP this year. Um, yeah. So yeah. How old is he? How old is he? If you had to guess. 20, 22 years old. I'm looking, I'm looking at it though. I'm cheating. Oh, okay. So he's, I mean, Jason Tatum, he's 22 years old and think about the playoff experience. I mean, he's, this will be his fourth play, his fourth playoffs coming up. Yeah. Jaylen they said Brown, he's still growing. Exactly. So Jalen Brown, same thing, 24 years old. Uh, they've got Kemba. Obviously there's health, health concerns there. So let, let walk it through the roster real quick. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker. Um, they, they picked up. Marcus Smart. Here. Marcus Smart, yep, Daniel Tice, Robert Williams third, uh, Semi Ojale, he's not that good. I just like saying his name. Tristan Thompson is a guy who I think could be a big uh, – I think he could be a big piece for them in the playoffs, actually. He's got a ton of playoff experience, and people hated on him because he got that four-year $80 million deal. But to do what you need him to do, I mean, he's he's good at it. He's just, he just People are just mad because he got a bad contract. So I like I like Boston. And I think if you get – they added Jeff Teague for a little bit of a little bit of depth at point guard. If Tatum and Brown make a big step forward, which I think they will, I think they I think they go to the Eastern Conference Finals and could potentially come out of it as well. So that that would be my team outside of Milwaukee and Brooklyn that I like. For sure. Yep. I, I, I like that pick as well. I'm I also gonna... I also sneak I'm sneaky interested to see Washington this next year. Uh I think they're gonna be a playoff team. Um not not not, not that they have a chance to win the East, but I just think Bradley Beal's really good. I think Russ seems happy and like he's ready to play. Ish, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's kind of a scary thing to say, but maybe. Yeah, I mean when Russ was like the solo guy in OKC, like he was they were they were to me, they were the most fun team to watch, just to watch him just yeah. he he leaves it all out on the court. You know, you, you know for without a doubt that he is going to be just drenched in sweat by the end of the game and just nobody nobody plays harder than Russell Westbrook. Again, yeah. I, I respect the hell out of him for that. The question is, is he gonna play smart too? And is is he gonna realize that Bradley Bill's the top dog and he needs to play off of them. And if he does, I mean, I could see them. I could see them being, I could see them uh, upside as a five seed. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think they get that high. I think they finish six, seven, or eight, but I could see them sneaking up through there and maybe they take someone to six or seven games in that in the first round of the playoffs. Sure. Um yeah. So yeah, outside of that, really the only other team that I find interesting in the East is the Hawks. They the Hawks made a ton of moves in the offseason. It kind of seems like they have a mandate from ownership that they need to make the playoffs. Um, you have so they have Rajon Rondo, Danilo Gallinari, Trey Young, DeAndre Hunter. They got Bogdan, Bogdan. Bogdanovich, Clint Capella, John Collins, Cam Reddish, Chris Dunn, Tony Snell. So, I mean, it, it's a talented roster for sure. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll see what they can do and how they mesh. The, there's a lot of good components. They got a lot of good ingredients. Let's find out how good they are at cooking the meal, right? Yeah. So, they, they have the best name on, on any roster which for me is Bogdan Bogdanovich. You you can't get any better than his first name and then his first name repeated again and then just Ovich at the end of it. It's awesome. His, what, like, what do you think that conversation was like with his parents? They're like, ah, we are having a boy. We name him Bogdan. Bogdanovich. Exactly. Bogdan Bogdanovich. Yeah, like, let's not. Okay, we got it. We got it. They're okay. the epitome of not over, there. not overcomplicating it here. They, let's just yeah. go with Bogdan, Bogdanovich. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you got to be thankful that your parents weren't just like Will Willie Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, Will Will Wilson. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe it would have been cool. We'll see. So the Hawks are interesting, man. Right? I mean, th- there's a lot of talent on that roster. I honestly have no freaking idea what they're going to do, but we'll see. I, I'm going to watch their games for sure. They might be a good uh, NBA league pass team this year. To, to catch yeah, great, great Jersey team too. Those, those jerseys, Absolutely. big fan of those jerseys. Yep. Yep. So that's the East. Uh, anything else you want to hit on with the East too, Willie? Um, no, I, th- I think, yeah, it's, it's going to come down to those top fives, but there are some good, interesting ones that we, that we mentioned here. Um, I, I will like to see how they do this year. Um, let's go to the bottom real quick. Minnesota. I, I, I think that is just not going to work at all. Carl Anthony towns. Hopefully we'll get some points. This is my first year in fantasy basketball. So I got Carl Anthony just looking at his numbers, but uh, man, yeah, they're, they're not a good team. They're, they're not going to get forward. They got Anthony Edwards, you know, so I guess we'll see how he is, but this felt like one of those draft years where, no one really knew who the best player was. And so you got kind of just got to take the guy that resembles like LeBron the most, you know, cause he's like, he's just a super freak athlete and yep. uh, was dominating in college. But I, I don't know if he's like going to be the best guy to come out of this draft. Uh, you've got the bulls. I, I don't know what they need to do. I, I mean, maybe they're a team that could try to get hard and just see like, Hey, throw him in this mix and see if we oh, can maybe, yeah maybe like try to make a playoff spot, you know, I mean, they have nothing to lose. So I feel like they can, that could really work because I mean, I've only been to Chicago a couple of times, but it's a pretty big city. I'm sure they have some pretty, uh, some pretty bomb strip clubs there. So maybe you could get James. I mean, that seems like something he might be into. Yeah. Good recruiting tool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, I I like that too, Willie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You've got who else? You got scraping at the bottom. I mean the the Kings, or, or I'm sorry, they're in the they're in the West, and then you've got the Hornets. Uh, what do you got on Ball? Uh, Lon, not Lonzo, Lamelo, Lamelo Ball. Uh, that I mean, all you see on Instagram every like three scrolls is some sick pass from Lamelo Ball. 
Do, do you think he's um, going to be a difference maker and like help them win games or they're still not this year? Not no. this year. No, I think he, I think he's going to struggle. I think he'll have some good some good stat lines later in the year uh, for fantasy because he's going to he's going to score. He's going to have a uh, assist rate. He his playmaking ability is special. There's no doubt, but he has a lot of developing to do, and especially in terms of winning. I mean, he's he's like three or four years away and I don't, I don't have a lot of faith in that organization being able to develop him and surround him with the talent for him to be successful. So honestly, I think Lamella ball is going to be a situation where five years from now we are looking at his talent and the glimpses that he's shown us and wondering why it's not better and why he can't sustain it. And I think he'll be a prime candidate after his rookie deal or rookie extension to move to a different team and hopefully see uh, improvement there. But I, I, I don't know, man. I, I have zero faith in Charlotte being able to build around him and sustain anything. On the upside, Terry Rozier did drop 72 fantasy points for Garrido's guys tonight. Ooh, hello. And I'm leading the league right now. So, you know, um, that's, that's a great start. It's a great start to that. But yeah, there's only one number yeah. one, and that is you right now. Yeah, it's, you know, it feels good. It feels good. We stay humble, but it feels good. Um, there's no other teams I want to talk about in the NBA, man. You got anybody else you want to talk about? No. Yeah. Pistons and the Knicks, they're just lost causes at this point. But um, the, Knicks, the Knicks are the worst franchise in all of sports. And James Dolan just, just I don't, do I don't think you're, I don't think you're going to get much kickback on that one. <laughs> The least hot take ever. The co- the coldest the <laughs> coldest take ever right there from Greeny. Um yeah. Well, okay. Uh what do we think? Do we wanna do we wanna hop into some baseball? Is there anything else you want to hit on NBA? No, let's leave the NBA. I want to get into baseball a little bit. It's it's been a quiet, quiet offseason. I mean I, I keep trying to like pull stuff up. I think maybe I thought maybe I was just like missing the notifications or like I don't know. Maybe I turned them off or something, but yeah, still nothing has happened. Um, very, very few people have signed contracts uh, that that has a lot to do with uh, last season and the the reduction in like salary caps and whatnot. But it, it doesn't seem like a lot of. I mean, even you usually hear rumors, you know, and there's still not a whole ton of rumors going on. The the, the first thing that pops up is nowhere Syndergaard uh, just avoids arbitration. And he's he's on for one more one more year in New York. And is there a reason why they're not trying to sign him to a a long term deal, or is this the season that they work that out and and get him locked in? I see them sign him to a long term deal. I think they're concerned about the injury history, and you know he's had some. uh, Let me pull up his stats here, but he hasn't been he hasn't really been the same guy over the past couple years. And I think that coupled with the injury history and what it what might take to um financially to sign him i i think uh i don't think the mets are in a hurry to do that i mean last year so last year he went 10 and 8 4.28 era in 197 innings so um you know i mean that that's not that it's not it's not good for sure and then you know 2018 uh he he was hurt quite a bit as well uh he threw 100 154 innings 3.03 era so I, I don't know. I, I would not bet on them getting something done there. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. There's there's new management and maybe maybe they're uh they're high on it, but I don't know. I, I haven't liked what I've seen from him over the past couple of years, honestly. 
And if you're the Mets, when your GM is named Brody, you, you think that he would be all over a guy that looks like Syndergaard, you know, like they look like they would be boys together. Um, but yeah. Yeah. apparently not. Yeah. I mean, really? So when it comes to hot stove, James McCann is the biggest, uh, he's pretty much the biggest free agent that, uh, that is signed this, this year. So it's been the, the Mets picked him up. Uh, it, it's been really quiet. So I think the, I think the real debate with baseball is kind of what what are we going to see? So obviously we have Trevor Bauer, DJ LeMahieu, George Springer, JT Realmuto, Marcelo Zuna, Marcus Simeon, Nelly Cruz, Tanaka, Paxton. Th- those guys are all free agents, and you're not really seeing a lot of movement. So uh, yeah. Lindor, I think uh, I read an article the other day that pretty much unanimously all all the people polled for it said they expected Francisco Lindor to be traded. So I mean that's huge. You got a top ten player being being traded. Nolan Arenado. There's rumors there. Uh, it's kind of one of those things where we're we're waiting to see. You know, it, it keeps getting pushed back, and it, it's getting we're late in December, and we don't really know. But I think I think it's going to be hard to really draw an accurate forecast of the next season until we see more of these big name guys. Uh, get signed and, and commit to teams for sure. Right. Cause yeah, you, I mean, when you're just scrolling through, there's, there's still some dudes out there that like you've got Justin Turner, although he's 36, I mean, he's still a valuable asset to your team. It's not like any of his skill set diminishes as he gets much older. You know, he's, he's a glove and he can swing it and he's never been a speed guy. He's never like been a guy that's, that's going to steal bases. I mean, he's not fast, right? Yeah, no. So I mean, I mean, he he's a guy that he's got at least a couple more years of, of good play, and he had the highest WAR out of any free agent third baseman that we're seeing at four point seven last year, which uh, is pretty much double the next guy uh, behind him, which is Eric Sogard. WAR last year, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and you you've got uh, Marcus Simeon at short, Didi Gregorius, Andrelton Simmons, Freddie Galvis. I mean, the, those are all decent guys that have been starting for the past what is this four or five years and playing pretty major yeah. roles that I, I, some of these teams can at least use someone like this, you know, and, and there's just a ton of guys out there still. Yeah. I mean, you know, Marcus Simeon's a guy who last year, so last year he hits 223 with seven homers, 23 RBIs and 53 games um, bounced back in the postseason. But 2019, I mean, he finished runner runner up in the MVP hit 285 with 33 homers and 92 ribbies at, at a, at shortstop, you know? So he's a guy as well. What it's going to be interesting to see, because you're, I think what you're seeing is you have a lot of uncertainty. So we have uncertainty regarding the economics and whether teams are going to be able to have fans and generate ticket sales and all that. You have uncertainty regarding the player performance because last year, 50 games, I mean, how many times 50 games is like, halfway to the all-star break so you see a guy struggling 50 games in the season and it's like who cares i mean they're gonna be i i I mean i can't tell you how many times we saw a guy like Pujols or david wright or turn it on in the second half exactly where they're slow starters but you know at the end of the day they're gonna be there we didn't have that last year because you had 50 60 games so i think for front offices they're trying to do their best to see for a guy like mark marcus simeon what what's fact and what's fiction what is he the player he was in 2019 or is he the player he was in 2020 um so there's just a lot of uncertainty and i think you know not to be depressing on baseball but again this is just you look at the offseason 
Look at the off-season uh, media coverage and a sport like the NBA and compare it to Major League Baseball where you have some pretty big players that are free agents and just no one, literally no one's talking about it. And I think uh, it's just kind of indicative and reflective of the state of baseball and and where they're at, honestly. Uh, and as a baseball fan, I think that's it's kind of sad to say and sad to see. But you know, hopefully, hopefully they'll they'll continue making changes and evolve the game move, moving forward because it's not in a great place right now. Yeah, they got to take our rule changes into effect for sure. Um, again, that was banning the shift. Maybe not necessarily banning the shift, but modifying it so that way you have to keep your infielders in the infield, and you you let the hitters hit, and you see how it works. I mean, it, it is weird trying to like put that kind of a rule into the game, but it does make the game more interesting. And I, I got a yeah. question for you. Who, who benefits the most by doing, by enforcing that rule? Like the, like what, what, what type of hitter benefits the most um, that, that you would, that comes to your mind. That's interesting. Um, I, I guess it would have to be, I think it would have to be some of these big, like left-handed sluggers, honestly, because they're still going to hit for power, but they're going to hit, their average in contact rate, like on base is going to go way up. Right. So like a Justin smoke. Yeah, exactly. So instead of hitting 220 with 35 homers, blah, 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 whatever, uh, you know, 360 on base there, I think they're going to see, they're going to hit 250, 260 with closer to a 400 on base uh, and, so, and similar power numbers. But I also think it will help. It's going to allow for contact hitters. Like I think of a guy like a uh, Placido Polanco back in the day, right? Like, he doesn't have a place in today's baseball. Like yeah. there's really no point in having a guy like that on your team, even maybe to a lesser extent, like Martin Prado or some, or somebody like that. They're, they're getting minimized. And I think anytime you have rules that, that take away certain archetypes of players, it just makes it less interesting. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's bad for the game. And I think we talked about this before, but, to me, the real issue with Major League Baseball is Mike Trout is arguably the greatest baseball player we've ever seen, and he's worth six or seven war, maybe eight or nine in a in one of his better years. So yeah, he's got three hundred. He's being, got three hundred home runs before he at before he's thirty. It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, he's 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 he's. There's no uh, adjective big enough to uh, – no superlative great enough to describe him. But over 162 games, we just said that arguably the greatest player of all time is worth – so for you guys that aren't familiar with war, basically that means he's worth eight wins above like a replacement-level player. So that's – so if you guys aren't familiar with it, that's amazing. Like a 10-war a season is – puts you in the discussion for the best season of all time. Five makes you – uh, four to five makes you an all-star level player. Anything above six, then you're in the MVP running. But you look at a sport like basketball or football where Tom Brady goes to the Bucks and they go from winning seven games to you know 10 or 11 out of 16, or LeBron joins a Lakers team and all of a sudden they go from winning 20 games to 50 games. And I think what hurts baseball is the stars, especially the position players, they don't have they just don't have that much of an impact on the game. And that's not it's not that Mike Trout isn't good. It's just the it's just the the way the game is being played, right? He only gets to hit four or five times a game. Uh he can come up with nobody on base. Teams can pitch around him. 
And I really think, I know this is very, very progressive. I really think doing something like we talked about where once per game, you get a chance to pinch hit anybody on the roster. So basically Mike Trout gets to take an extra at bat every, every game. Um, that would dramatically increase your star's impact on the game, which oh, would be imagine, good for the visitors. Imagine a playoff game, like in the ninth inning, and yeah, you get Mike yeah. Trout twice. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. And I, it would really, honestly, I brought this up to some people, and I know they're like, oh, that's crazy. We don't want to do this, blah, 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 whatever. But think about it. Imagine how key, especially with the way bullpens are used in today's game, how huge would that be? Because if it's in the fifth inning and you have a high leverage situation, second and third, nobody out, uh, cleanup hitters up, and you are going to pitch around him or whatever, if the other team has the ability to pinch hit Mike Trout real quick right there, think about the pressure that puts on the opposing team for the manager and just the strategy of when you use that in the game. Do you use it in the second inning because it's a high probability of scoring and creating damage? Or do you not use it because that's too early and you want to save it? I mean, it creates a whole host of of things that make it interesting. It makes it interesting because baseball is not interesting right now. You just right. do the same thing every single time, and it it sucks. I like what you said about when people think that's crazy. I mean, there's a ton of things that, like, a couple years ago, if you if you, we told you that guys would be hitting 40-foot three-pointers. Right, exactly. You, like, that would be crazy. Like, no exactly. one should be taking that shot, but this guy can hit that shot, so why not let Dame pop and Steph pop those shots when – the the basket looks much larger to them now and if 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 this became a normal thing it, it would be one of the like it would be one of the great a great debate point too you'd be like oh man they could have easily hit for him in this inning or they could have done it in this situation yes and yes. you're getting mike trout an extra 100 and something at bats a year imagine the damage that would be that would be done and the impact he would have and how how truly truly incredible we would actually see that mike trout really is Baseball needs to step away from their obsession and dependence on, yep. on traditionalism and historical statistics because I already know what the what the establishment is saying. They're they're they would never do that because Mike Trout getting an additional 150 at bats per year would warp all these counting stats and all these numbers that we use. But guess what? The NFL and the NBA have drastically altered the rules and the gameplay over the past 50 years, and you're seeing a, a better product on the field and on the court that people want to watch. So for baseball, you can't have it both ways. Well, you yeah. can go down in a sinking ship where you just want to be able to compare Mike Trout to Tris Speaker from 100 years ago, or you can look at it and just be like, dude, Tris Speaker was great. He played 100 years ago. So is Mike Trout, and the rules are a little bit different 100 years in between. Like, that's a normal thing. Well, let's talk about just the names of the eras of baseball. Like, there was an era of baseball called the dead ball era. I mean – Thank God they like they figured that part of it out. But like, wh why not? I mean, why why would you not want to make the product more interesting and let every single team's superstar get another chance? And especially now that makes you even more valuable. Let's say you have a right-handed or left-handed hitting one or a switch hitting superstar yep. on your team, like Lindor becomes that much more valuable. Yep, I, I, I think, think I like that rule I, a lot. Yeah, and for me, I think you have two options. You can dictate. You can change rules about like how the game is actually played. So move the distance of the rubber or change how many strikes the batter can get, blah, 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 all that stuff. Baseball, it's kind of a perfect symmetry in terms of the dimensions and the rules with that. So I don't think, to me, I would, I would not be trying to mess with that. But 
some of the strategy rules, like for like what we've talked about with Mike Trout being able to pinch hit, or or you have a can pinch run at any time, like and he, and he doesn't have to he doesn't have to play in the field. He could just be a pinch. These are all things that could add excitement to the game and wouldn't alter the fundamental symmetry of of baseball. The other big issue for me with baseball is these starting pitchers. You're losing the star starting pitcher, which for the history of baseball has been a um, a Stable. key tenant and something that drives. These are some of the biggest stars in the game. So the way it's being played now where these guys pitch three, four, maybe five innings, you're going to lose. The next generation isn't going to have a Clayton Kershaw. It's not going to have a Greg Maddox. It's not going to have a Roger Clemens. And that's, um, I think that's a problem when it comes to identifying. We identify sports by their superstars and baseball is losing they're losing the superstars. Half these guys are totally anonymous. They need to do things to promote these superstars and emphasize the superstars because that's what drives the sport. That's what yeah. drives. It. Well, let's not get it confused. That they're the superstars are out there. It's just hard. It's hard to notice them. Is is what what we're getting at? They you need know? to be allowed to have a bigger impact. Exactly. I, I like that right. a lot. I mean, that would be that would be some must watch baseball having to get Mike Trout. It, let's say they haven't used it until the ninth inning and you got to get them out twice this inning. Dude, absolutely. Honestly, you guys tweet, tweet us, tweet us where you guys see the downfall to that, because I mean, who doesn't want to see that? And, and again, these people that say it diminishes the strategy, it just increases the strategy. It makes it more strategic. I yeah. Mean, let's, the, not- let's the managers have an opportunity, whether, yeah, like you said, do you want to try to get, get ahead big and then risk the other team using theirs later? Uh, like let, let's say another team like the twins, for example, Nelson Cruz is coming up and if, if they can load the bases up for him, believe he's going to hit twice, you know, like it, that, that would be great strategy. Yeah, absolutely. And baseball needs progressive and they need to be open-minded. And my thing with baseball is guys, if you change something and it doesn't work, it's okay. You could just, I mean, hardly anyone's watching. So you could go ahead and just change it back. (laughs) I mean, you could just change it back the next year, yeah. right? I mean, you saw, you see that in the NBA, you see that in the NFL. The NFL changed the pass interference reviews, then they reversed that. The NBA tried to change the ball. That was a failure. They reversed that. Just try it. Try it, and if it doesn't work, you can change it back. I mean, yeah, or not- or let it happen in the preseason, or or try it in other leagues, or like the minor leagues. You know, like w- watch it happen in other leagues. You don't have to necessarily just say, "Hey, we're making this massive overhaul of the rules," but you can at least experiment and it just seems like they're they're content with being boring and it, yeah. it is frustrating as baseball fans because as much as we love the game and how much the game is given back to us it, it would be nice to be able to uh to to share that with the average sports fan exactly exactly and that needs to be you know that if you love baseball you need to do things to promote the game to the to the masses so we gotta be. We gotta be open minded. We gotta be creative, and and don't. I don't think we. The mindset is not to be negative. It's to share the game, right? We just. I mean, you just. You said that beautifully. We want to share the game that we love, that's given us so much, with other people, and so they can understand it and enjoy it too. But there needs to be. They need to be open minded to making changes and progressing things. That that the analogy I always use with people is if I told you IBM or. Uh, Mac or General Electric or any any big company was doing business the same way now that they were in 1950, 
you'd be like, that's freaking crazy. I mean, it's seven, it's it's 70 years later. You expect the things to be totally different. So for, for sure. baseball, they're trying to make they want the game to be the same it was 70 years ago. You it definitely shouldn't be the same. I mean, that's the that's not just not the correct way, it's the total opposite wrong way to go. So I I just hope we see that. Um, and I, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that we'll get that figured out moving forward. Yep. All right. So now that now that we're not the commissioner yet, um, I'm, I'm sure that we'll be getting some phone calls here pretty soon for some interviews, you know, but let, let's go through. Let's let's just go into the National League for tonight and then we'll wrap it up and let you guys enjoy your Christmas um, again. We appreciate you guys listening. Please make sure to tell a friend, let a friend know uh, that that you're really uh, enjoying this stuff. But if you're not, obviously, just uh, keep on scrolling through uh, through whatever what you're doing and just enjoy your Christmas anyways. Let's dive into the East right now. We've got the Braves, Marlins, Phillies, Mets, and Nationals. Um, Braves finished first last year. The Marlins were the surprising team out of that division. Uh, everyone was saying that was going to be the most contested uh, division in in the National League or in the entire league, but specifically the National League. Do you like the Braves again, and wh- where do we see the the other teams that didn't make it in last year? Uh, I like the Braves again. I don't like the Nationals. I think the Mets they're they're the sexy team right now. They got new management, uh, new ownership. They're trying to make all these moves. Historically, that doesn't work. The Phillies were that team a couple years ago. You have seen that it hasn't worked. And the Marlins, I mean. We'll see, but I'm not I'm not in on what they did over over 60 games. To me, this is the Braves division to lose. They're gonna get Soroka back off injury to add depth to pitching. If they can make um make a couple moves there to fortify it, all their young players are good. Al, you've got Albies, Acuna, Freeman still in the prime of his career. Uh, I got the Braves all the way in the east. Yeah. F- fun fact, the Marlins had the highest run or the lowest run differential out of all these teams. Uh, they were 41 runs. On, they, they gave up 41 runs more than they scored and made the playoffs in so, in 60 games. That's that's just like shocking. That that obviously just points to regression for this season. Exactly, exactly. For those of you at home, that means they were lucky essentially. So I mean, we'll 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 see. But that is not to have a negative run differential and make the playoffs. That is, that is a hardcore uh, signal for regression. Like T Willie said. So, yeah, I mean, to me, the East we'll see, I don't, I don't think uh, I see that as one of the less interesting divisions. Honestly, I, I like the Braves there. Um, I don't have high expectations for, for the other teams. I would really like to see the Braves go out and get Trevor Bauer and give the Dodgers a run for their money, though, because the Braves are that good. But I think they need one more big arm like a Bauer or like a even a Tanaka or a James Paxton would would be a great addition to their uh, their starting rotation. That would be huge. That would be huge because when we look at their starting pitchers, um, I'm on Fangraphs projections. They've got Max Freed, Charlie Morton, Drew Smiley, Mike Soroka coming back. Morton's a great addition. Yep. So. You know, I, I like, so I like that staff. You want the, the question I, I see that staff as being totally fine in the regular season. The question is, do they have enough top end ACE pitching um, mm-hmm. to make, to win a world series? That's where a guy like Trevor Bauer a long ways. Um, so we'll see. I mean, the onus is kind of on that ownership group. They've done a good job of locking up their young players early on pretty team friendly deals. Uh, they have the new stadium, so they should have revenue there. You just wonder. I think they'll be hesitant to spend big. Um, 
given the economic climate. But Bowers mentioned in the past that he'd be content to do one-year deals. If I'm the Braves, I seriously look into a one-year $35 million deal for Trevor Bauer. Bring him in. You get a chance to see what the fit's like. You get a top in there with a dynamic offense. And uh, I think that puts you right there in the mix with the with the Doyers for sure. Mm-hmm. By the way, I love Trevor Bauer just – he he has probably the biggest nuts out of out of almost any pitcher, you know. Just the, how he just like he is so confident and sure of himself, and I, I just love to see that out of a guy. I mean, everyone probably would disagree that he's a weirdo. He's all all this this and that, but for for me, he is he is a guy that I would I would if I was an owner, I would be going after him very hard right now. So Trevor Bauer is a guy. Um, I have mixed feelings on him for sure, but. I will say this in terms of the game of baseball, Trevor Bauer is a guy we need more Trevor Bowers. He's a polarizing figure. He's a guy that engages with fans and he gets, he's interesting, right? When he's pitching, you want to see what he's doing. When he's talking, you want to hear what he's saying. And that's, that's good for the sport. Um, For me, when he had the little deal where he launched the ball to me, that was kind of unexcusable, but you know, people make mistakes. Obviously that wasn't his best moment. I've had moments that weren't my best. I wouldn't want, I certainly want to, wouldn't want to be judged by them. So, um, you've seen a lot of those too, Willie. So you can, you can attest to that, but we're not going to, we're not going to record that. Yeah. Let's not um, go down that line. We'll cut this part so out. So Trevor. Yeah, man. If, if you want to come play for the Yankees, we, uh, we'd love to have you love to have you there. I feel that. Yeah. Um, all right. To the central. Now we have Chicago, St. Louis, Cincinnati, Milwaukee, and Pittsburgh. This was actually the most contested, uh, division in the national league and in all of the leagues, there were th- four teams within five games of each other that it, it was there was a battle. This this it came down to the last game, yeah. and I, I think it, I'll start it off here. I like Milwaukee to take more steps forward this year. I, I think they kind of had a down first half. They started off really slowly, and they, they kind of got it going towards the end of the year. Uh, they didn't finish super hot either, but. As far as talent goes, uh, I, I do like Yelich, and I do like the other the other guys they got on that team. I think they'll actually be poised for a little bit of a comeback. Do I think they'll win the division? No. I, to me, I always, whenever I close my eyes and think of playoff baseball, I imagine the St. Louis Cardinals, and uh, I, I know only maybe like two or three guys on their team, but they are hot and they are playing well, and they never seem to make mistakes when it really matters. And that's, that's what we all love about baseball as us baseball fans. You, you like to see teams that you don't necessarily know all these guys like the Rays last year, who kind of came out of nowhere and you don't know a lot of their guys on their roster, but they are a damn good baseball team. And I, I see them actually winning this division this year. What do you got? Yeah, I would have to go Cardinals as well. I think the Brewers are going to, are going to play better. I see them finishing the way Yelich plays that poorly again. I think the Reds take a step back. I don't want to talk about the Pirates and the Cubs. Cubs are a great example of people always think that they just chalk up that these guys are going to win multiple multiple championships in a row. People did the same thing with Oklahoma City Thunder with uh, Harden, Westbrook, and Durant, and obviously they never made it back to the finals. Um, yep. So yeah, I you know I think it's pretty wide open. If I if you're if you hold my feet to the fire and make me pick right now. Uh, I like the Cardinals. I like I like Flaherty there. Hopefully they bring back Wainwright. Uh, Kwang Hung Kim is is a solid arm there. So 
they got a lot of they, St. Louis always has arms in the pen as well, too. They do a great job organizationally of developing those guys. So I, I would go St. Louis. Yeah, good call. All right, let's get into the West now. Um, I, I don't think there's any surprise that the Dodgers are going to win the West, but who, do we see any other teams making the playoffs, such as the Padres or the Giants? Um, I, I don't necessarily see the Rockies or D-backs there. They're, they both seem to be trending in the negative direction, but the, the Giants were kind of a surprise team for me last year. I was a little shocked yeah. to see them finish uh, yeah. like just around 500, you know? Um, for sure. They, yeah, they they almost made the playoffs. They're one game short. They lost their last three games of the season to not make it. Yeah, no, are, definitely. Uh, are they a good team, or did was it just the shortened season uh, anomaly? I mean, Fangraph has the Giants at let's twentieth uh, out of thirty in in terms of projected WAR coming into the season. So. Mm. Um, I don't like them to come out of that division. I think again, last year is such a this is such a weird thing because <laughs> you could literally say small sample size about any stat we throw out from last year, anything that happened last year. You could say small sample right. size because won't make sense. I yep. mean, a third of the season. So um, I'm not bullish on the Giants. We'll see. I, I I wouldn't say that's a confident take. I think if anything, we got to we got to see the Padres. I'm looking at a. I'm looking at fan graphs again. They've got the Dodgers projected at 44.3 war amongst their, uh, amongst their current projected roster. That's the highest in baseball. They got the Yankees at second at 40.6 Astros at 38.9 and then the Padres at 38.2. So I think you're, I think it's a two team race there, obviously pending any big transactions six war. I mean, that's a, that's a, that could swing for sure. You, you got, they got they got six war out of a, or they're they're projecting six war for Fernando Tatis Jr. this next year. That's a massive number. We'll see if he can deliver on that. I think he will, but um, it would it would be the Padres. I, you got you have to pick the Dodgers just based on um, literally everything on their yeah, team payroll but, roster. Cody Bellinger. But I, but I, could see the, I could see the Padres challenging on them, and then hopefully that really that really continues to develop into a really uh, competitive rivalry. I, th- I, I think that could be, that could be the breakout uh, kind of battle um, in regards of uh, the, the 2021 season. For sure. And slam Diego is just iconic. So we, we gotta, we gotta hammer that home and hope that continues to trend upwards and we can see more of them in, in big games. Yeah, a- absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if we can, uh, if we can get more of that, that would be uh, that would be awesome. Definitely. I mean that that Padres uh, that Padres Dodgers series last year in the playoffs was was really good. I mean that I uh, you know I know I know L A took it to them, but the, some of those games were super were super compelling. There's you could you could feel the energy for sure, for sure. All right, so now that we made it through the National League, do we want to dive into American or what do you think? I think I think we hold it there for today. Um, Again, I think, like like we said, guys, all this a ton of key free agents, uh, trade prospects out there. So, too, I think we hold it there and we we reconvene on the AL at a later date. Yep, I agree. Well, we just want to thank you guys again for listening. I know we say this a lot, but uh, you guys really make this show for us. We appreciate you, all the feedback you get. Uh, keep tweeting at us. Keep DMing us. Let us know how we can improve. Uh, let us know if uh, the audio quality is good, uh, that we will continue to make improvements on on everything we do. Hopefully, after the Christmas 
weekend, we will have another interview set, set up for next week. And just enjoy the sports. Enjoy this time with your families. Uh, if you don't, if you're at home quarantined, we just hope that you stay safe as well. And rally caps on. Rally caps on. All right. Well, thank you, guys. All right, guys. Hope you uh, hope you guys are going to enjoy. The-